You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's KDD, online and social media editor of SD Times. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast episode. Today, we're going to be discussing the experience of being a woman in engineering, as well as how to make your organization a more inclusive place. With me today is Dana Lawson, Senior Vice President of Engineering at Netlify. Um, so if you wanted to start off by giving me a little bit of your background and kind of what led you to seek out a career in engineering and how you kind of got started, I think that'd be a good place to start. Well, I uh, I didn't originally intend to seek out a background in engineering or become an engineer. Um, it all kind of happened by by luck. And uh, I'm very grateful that I got lucky because <laughs> it don't happen that many times in life. I mean, honestly, you know, I grew up in rural Southeast New Mexico, Texas, um, didn't have a computer, never owned a home computer. Uh, coming up in the nineties, you know, I had the opportunity to dabble with it in school and in college. And actually, you know, I always thought I was going to be an artist. I thought I was going to be one of those amazing starving artists. And then I realized I didn't like starving. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, on a whim, I joined the U S army. Uh, I grew up in, um, in a lot of poverty and it was my opportunity to really get out of my situation. And it's funny because they make you take this really long test, uh, to determine like what skills you have. And I've always loved science and math in addition to art. I've just been hyper-focused into the complexities that make up the world around us, as I think a lot of programmers are. And I saw that there was a job in the U.S. military for computers. And I was like, great, computers need air conditioning. I will learn something and not actually have to go outside. And it all worked out. Um, but I fell in love. I got to go to the computer sciences school in the U.S. military and learn everything from networking all the way to software development. And that started my journey. And, you know, 20 plus years later, here I am um, having the opportunity to dabble in technology across the whole spectrum from sysadmin, site reliability, developers, DevSecOps. I think that's the new hot term. Um, Back then it wasn't called that, but we'll go with that DevSecOps. And so, um, you know, and really fell in love with leadership and, and the curiosity that comes as being an engineer and builder. Yeah, that's so cool. I feel like things like that just happen sometimes. They just like yeah. something lines up and everything just really works out for the best. And that's just such a cool opportunity to just really follow that through and kind of see where you, where it leads you. Totally, totally. Um, what has your experience been like as a female team leader in a kind of male-dominated industry? Well, I mean, it's the experience you probably would expect. I mean, it's been good and bad. Yeah. Um, you know, back in the 90s, it was actually very interesting. I feel like there was a point in time in my career where there was a lot of women in technology. I was actually on a team that was all women. And and at the time, my naivety was like, they put us all on the same team. I was like, whoa, look at this. I got to be on a team with all the rad, awesome women. Yeah, looking back, I realized they didn't know what to do with us. So they put all the women in the company in the same damn team. Um, And you don't know what you don't know. And that ignorant glimpse of mine of just having this opportunity was still just shiny stars. But you start to you start to realize and, and show up and and try to meet, you know, the guys where they are throughout the career. And it's just, it actually has gotten better and it ebbs and flows. And I'm really excited and passionate about the fact that 
there are more women coming into STEM in general, and it's because of us lowering the barrier of entry, really being focused on making workplaces a place where women can thrive and not trying to separate your lives as a mother, a caregiver, or an other, because you have these dependent needs. And so it's been interesting. You know, I've been faced with it all, but you know, I continue to look for organizations that want to continue to make technology more welcoming, not only for women, but no matter how you show up in this world. Right. Um, do you think that the transition to remote work and kind of the hybrid world that we're seeing now is going to help to kind of open a door for more women to enter the technology industry because of the stay-at-home mothers and stuff like that? They have more of an opportunity to really get involved? Oh, I think so. I think that, you know, it's, it's a challenge. You know, I have three children and it was tough just finding daycare and childcare when you're on call holding pagers and you have to be in an office. You're on a call, you know, I was, uh, as an engineer, there would be times where something would happen and you would have to spend hours in office. It's not really attainable for single mothers, um, you know, to be specific. And now this day and age, I think the rise of remote work and hybrid work has allowed for that flexibility, but it's not just women that have, you know, child care to take care of, but just the flexibility for just the ownership and the things that you have to do regardless. And for all parents alike, I think it's made it more flexible, but it also, there's reasons that, you know, women may not feel safe in the work environment, having to show up in office. And there may be opportunities to create more of a culture where you can really play by your own rules and that you're welcoming no matter what, you know, has happened to you in the past or, or anything that you may carry on with you and just having that flexibility. But I do believe, you know, sorry to be a little rambly, um, that it really does enable a lot more diversity and inclusion in the workplace by having remote opportunities available because you don't know about people's needs outside of work and it allows them to really own that calendar a little bit more close and not have that stigma, not have that stigma where you're having to choose, I have to do this over that or having to come in and be like, oh, you know, it's really important to me to see my child's play um, and having to leave. And they're like, oh, the working parent. I think it really just evens the playing field for people that, that needed that playing field evened. Yeah, definitely. I feel like when you have like kids in the mix and stuff like that, like, and like you said, not even just women, just parents in general who need to have that flexibility to be able to take care of their kids and also support their kids. It's got to be a give and take. That's right. Um, what else do you think can be done to make the software development and engineering space a more welcoming place for other women? I think there needs to be just, you know, really intentional training and not, you know, the 15 minutes of how to, how to, how to like not harass people, but also about the language you use. I think there's a huge opportunity to really relook at how people show up and how you how you talk and how you um, give workout and how you give opportunity out. It's not always set it and forget it type thing. You're not going to read a manual and say, "Great, everybody should work here and feel feel you know equal and have opportunity." I think that you have to continue to grow as the world's growing and hopefully becoming better and recognizing the things that didn't work in the past, people are not going to tolerate anymore and I'm happy for that. I'm like, "Don't tolerate a bad work environment." You know, we all deserve work to not suck. And yeah. so for me it's like manager training, leadership training, you know, building interpersonal relationships, actually understanding how your employees uh, show up to work and what they need to be successful. And it's not a one size fit all, but I think investing in those activities and that training that really encourages that exploration of being better and learning. And I think a lot of companies are doing it right by, you know, 
segmenting entire roles dedicated to these initiatives, dedicated to ensuring that you're creating a a workplace that everybody feels welcome and people can do their best work, but really staking it a part of your company values. And so I think in addition to, you know, company values, your, your once only training is a continued investment in it. And then, you know, surfacing other resources, the way that people managed and showed up to work even 10 years ago is dramatically different. We are bringing our whole selves to work now. We have to reinvent leadership to say, these people are bringing everything. And now, especially with remote work, the boundaries of when you're in the office and off aren't the same anymore. And our job is to remove roadblocks, friction, and allow people to innovate. And you can't innovate when you're stressed. So I think that there's just this ongoing continuation of these efforts. And there's not one size that fits all. It's really about making it a core piece of your value and knowing that hiring a global workforce means you can build global products and have a global team and global meaning. Every human has an ability to be safe and happy and fulfilled at your workplace. Right. Yeah. I feel like we live in such a progressive world now. It's definitely important to bring some of that attitude into the workplace That's so everybody right. feels safe in their own environments. Totally. Um, what advice do you, do you think you would give to other women or just anyone in general trying to rise to the ranks of this industry? And, you know, granted, I, I've worked really hard and I have a, a fancy elevated title. So I, I want to recognize that I have privilege when I say this, but I also believe that, you know, don't tolerate a bad job. You're good. You're good enough. You know, you're at this position. You've earned the right to be at the position. You've earned your title and you're going to continue to go on and do great things. So don't compromise. Don't compromise your integrity and don't don't listen when people say that you just have to have grit and work through it because technology is becoming more progressive. People want your talent and your skills. They want you to be a part of their team. And so don't compromise on what's important to you and also find those paths to be able to effectively communicate. And if you can't find ways to effectively communicate in the organization where you're at, then it's time to take stock and ask, is this the organization that I can be a part of? Because there are so many opportunities out there. There's so many places where this woman's, uh, once again, talent will be respected and, and celebrated. And I will just say, don't compromise, but find a fit for you. Don't find a fit for them. You know, going into a career and a job and a challenge is a two-way street. And if you're not met where you are, then you probably never will be. So I encourage people to not compromise. Don't settle. Right. It's easier to leave a bad environment than it is to change the environment that you're in. Right. And as leaders, you know, if if you do have the ability like myself, you know, listen, take seriously the concerns, the comments, the things your employees tell you. Don't put on your blinders and be short-sighted. You know, apply the growth mindset, learn from your mistakes and then own up to it and continue on and be better. And I like to say, just be 1% better than you were yesterday. If you strive for that one little goal, then you're going to incrementally become great if you just give it that intentionality and discipline. Um, in the same vein as like developer leadership, what do you think are some qualities or tactics that should be considered non-negotiable when leading a development team? Can you give me an example of what you mean in terms of like traits that you're, you're, you're thinking about here, because I think there's a lot of things that you could put on the table, but honestly, the only thing non-negotiable is like being a jerk, like, you know, bad behaviors don't out 
past, like your impact, you could be a brilliant developer, but nobody wants to work with a brilliant asshole. And I think that that's, you know, you can't compromise. And you probably don't want to put that word in this article. Maybe you do. (laughs) You tell me. Um, I don't know. I think cooperation, you can't compromise on cooperation. Cooperation is what makes you successful is learning how to work and navigate and develop and build with people. And you have to do that in the spirit where you meet people where they're at. And I think it's non-negotiable if people aren't willing to cooperate. Right. Yeah. I think it definitely goes beyond like the technical side of things. Like everybody can write code. Everybody knows how to like develop properly, but it's about the interpersonal communication that you foster in your organization to make it a safe place. That's right. I mean, a hundred percent. I think more people would rather work with somebody that's pretty good at writing code, but awesome to work with versus somebody that's amazing at writing code, but terrible to work with. nobody, Nobody got time for that. Um, And I think that, you know, the way that you do this within yours is have a value of practicing kindness. I know we like to say, oh, there's such a kind culture, but I'm like, you have to practice it. You have to also take, you know, yourself and put you on the bench and say, how are you showing up and can you show up better? And then do that every day with every representation. And so I think that's also non-negotiable is not having a growth mindset, not being open to learning, not having and showing humility and empathy, because we're all just trying to figure it out together. We're just all in it together, living in this world, trying to figure it out and make the most of what we can with what we know. Right. And especially in this, like, the time of like the pandemic and everything else going on, there's a lot of space for it to have empathy for other people who are going through things that we didn't even know about because their setting is so remote and like everything's just so crazy right now. It's kind of hard to understand what's really happening in people's lives. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, that's why we have a new word in the dictionary called Sonder. It's really about thinking about other people's life and their experience and trying to, you know, really replay and walk through their shoes in life because we know that any given moment that everybody's individual experience is different from what makes up yours. And so as leaders and in technology, we just have to continuously understand that we don't know what we don't know and, and, and really treat people how we would hopefully treat ourselves, which, which is with love and respect. Right. Just like tech is constantly evolving. The lives of the people you're working with are also constantly evolving. And it's hard to really know how to approach that unless you just have a kind of open mindset and respect everyone you're with. Correct. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, those are all the specific questions that I had for you. Thank you so much for this. It was really great. Oh yeah. Back at you. I love meeting somebody that can talk as fast as me, Katie. You win. I think in a room we could probably (laughs) log. Great. Well, it looks like that's all the time we have for today's show. Thanks again, Dana, for joining me. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today. Be sure to check out all of our weekly episodes on your favorite podcast listening platform. Until next time, this has been What the Dev.